where we promulgate that your physical, psychological, and financial health are your true sources of wealth that must be safeguarded and optimized to achieve long-lasting happiness. Here, we'll discuss tactics on how you may self-actualize to reach the pinnacle of authentic masculinity by embracing true libertarian principles, arming yourself with red pill knowledge, as well as implementing the most up-to-date holistic health biohacks to optimize your health. Stop being a blue pill sheep, being led to slaughter by big government and the court system. Become an awakened man. Here's your host, Gregory. Hello, everybody. This is Gregory. And welcome back to another episode of The Awakened Man. The most reviewed and most episoded red pill podcast. Today we're going to talk about the law of propinquity and why you need to know about this. Now, a lot of you are like, what, what, what is a propinquity? That's just a fancy old word for nearness. Now, the law of propinquity is well known by sales reps, not all salesmen, but it's, it's more taught in sales and marketing. And the reason you need to know about this law of propinquity, and I would tell you, certainly if you're married or if you're a Chad Tyrone PUA guy, it's important to know these two things because you can use it to your advantage or protect yourself from it. So in short, the law of propinquity, it means the law of nearness. So what it really means is the closer relationship you have with somebody, the more likely you're going to have intimate feelings. So uh, the best way to kind of exemplify this is you getting monkey branched by a dude at your woman's work. So the way it works is let's just let's delineate a sketch here. You've been married for five, six years, you know, the the and you have a kid or two. The the honeymoon phase is over. You know, she projects qualities she thinks that you're gonna have that you really don't have. And familiarity breeds contempt. And look, not, certainly not all marriages are like this. It's just some marriages. And there's just a little disenchantment in the woman's mind. So she's at work and there's a new guy at work, a new guy in the department. She finds the guy attractive. Now, I understand the law of propinquity only works if they find each other attractive. So if you're hanging out with a 65-year-old grandma, this is in, in your 22-year-old dude, this isn't apply to you. So you guys start talking, maybe it's just in the lunchroom or she starts talking to this guy in the lunchroom and just a small talk around other people and then you bump into each other at the office. You make an effort to kind of walk by his office or he makes an effort because there's underlying latent sexual attraction. And what starts happening is typically she'll start daydreaming right, about this guy or thinking about this guy. Right? And maybe he'll be doing the same. And it's interesting how the two, the two think about each other differently. Like the guy will typically think about a woman because he wants to bang her, right? The sexual attraction, he wants to be inside of her. And the woman, it's more about just kind of projecting qualities as usual that she wants the guy to have and so what happens is you guys start making a concerted effort i should say your your wife and this guy start making a concerted effort to bump into each other and then start having conversations maybe privately in the lunchroom where everything is still on the surface right just small talk and then normally the issue or the topic of marriage or relationships will come up and then again the more time you spend with somebody the more you are likely to open up with them because you feel comfortable with them, especially if there's sexual attraction. And we know 90% of communication is nonverbal. So some of it's going to be verbal, but some of it's not going to be nonverbal. And you'll, you'll start talking about 
your relationships, especially if the guy broaches the topic. Right? Typically, the woman isn't going to topic or, or drop it, or she's not going to bring it up, or she might just you know, throw throw a statement out like, oh, my husband, and like, oh, what do you mean your husband? What's going on? And then next thing you know, you guys are opening up about your relationships, or she's opening up about her relationship with you. Maybe if he's married, he's doing the same thing. And typically with relationships, when strangers are talking to each other about relationships, especially privately, it's not going to be positive stuff. Just typically it's not positive stuff. Oh, my wife is this, you know, and the guy will spin a narrative to make him look like he's not too, too happy. And the woman's like, oh, I'm, I, I'm not like the, yeah, yeah, my husband is, he's controlling, narcissistic, abusive, you know, whatever the light is. And then again, because both are opening up or one opening up, that leads to what? vulnerability, emotional intimacy. So when you have emotional opening up, that leads to emotional intimacy because you're sharing things with a stranger that honestly you shouldn't be sharing. I don't think your husband or her husband, in this case you, I don't think you would appreciate your wife telling a man that she finds attractive intimate stuff about your relationships or more importantly things that she doesn't like about your relationship. Like no relationship's perfect. right? So she, But she shouldn't be sharing that. It's like... It's akin to when your wife says negative things to her mom about you. That's a humongous mistake, and you shouldn't do the same thing to your own mom. Because typically with parents, you can't get that stuff out of their mind. And a a more kind of hyperbolic example is I had a friend, or I have a friend, who, who had an affair. And he told the wife, or the wife found out, and the wife told her parents. And then after that, even though they reconciled and worked it out and they have a very strong marriage, the parents hate him still. They hate him because of that one thing. And the the, the wife realizes and she apologized profusely to her husband that she shouldn't have told him because now the parents don't like him. You know, And should we always be judged by our worst mistake? No. You know, there's forgiveness. There's mercy. So either way, though, once there's emotional intimacy, then you have problems. That's opening up the Pandora's box. And then the next thing you know is typically the guy will be like, hey, you know, and you, you know you're, you're, you're still talking about small talks, so shows you like, movies you like, books you like, whatever. And then I'll be like, hey, uh, you know, I think there's, uh, there's, you know, there's something coming soon or tickets for this or blah, blah, blah. Hey, can you give me your number and I'll text you when, when, I, when I hear about it. You know, it's going to be on something on the level, something about work-related or something about your – things you've talked about, interest, hobby. And of course, the woman should know better and not give this man the number, but she will. And then the next thing, and again, this is not going to be the incel schlub. She's not going to give the number of that. She'll just report him to HR. So go to the episode on, on, on false allegations. But if it's a guy she finds attractive, she'll give the number, which she shouldn't. And then the, the first text is going to be about that topic about the tickets or about something work-related or, you know, we're all meeting for happy hour if you're going to go. And then from there, it just starts random texting each other about just anything throughout the day. So, you know, your wife's fixating on texting with this guy because she's starting to have an emotional affair with this guy. And then from there, it typically leads to emotional intimacy where one of the two is going to broach the topic and say, you know, I think about you. You know, I wish my husband was like you. There's a lot of things that are cool about you or your girlfriend's lucky to have you or, you know, something like that. Or the guy will say your husband's lucky to have you. And then from there, then it's a very slippery slope because at that point you're admitting that you're thinking about each other. And then from there will come the physical intimacy. First the emotional intimacy, then typically the physical intimacy. 
And then that, I mean, this is the slow approach or it can be a fast approach to having an affair. So now your wife is at the least emotionally having an affair on you through the law of propinquity or at the most having a physical affair. And you might not know anything about this. She's texting with this guy and she's fantasizing about what, what her life would be like with him. Or maybe she's just cool with having an affair, not you knowing, right? Cause there's, there's certain form of titillation involved in that deception that some people get into. Like watch the uh, old, uh, not too old, the Diane Lane movie, Richard Gere, unfaithful where she has the affair with the French dude. And then she's banging him in the bathroom and all that. And there's certain, there's that certain like fun about cuckooding your husband and that's how it starts. So propinquity can lead that way. So it's the idea of proximity to somebody. So, I mean, what, what's the takeaway here? Well, if you're a husband, you need to mate guard. Right? And, and the Muslims still mate guard. Other cultures still mate guard. We used to mate guard. We don't mate guard anymore here in the West. We used to only go on dates with chaperones, right? Because we, we didn't want to sully the woman's reputation. A good example of that would be this show on Netflix, Bridgerton. They still talk about that kind of old school way we used to court. And uh, yeah, if, you're, if your wife works, you always have to be vigilant. So you know, the more trad cons will tell you don't let your wife work, stay at home if you can afford it. But that only works if she wants that. And some women want that. But then you're looking at if there's a divorce, she can take 70% of your assets instead of 50%. But either way, so you, you, at the most, you need at, at the least, you need to be asking questions about, hey, what's going on at work? And if she starts talking about a new guy, or a new friend, but she doesn't want to use the pronoun he, you need to be vigilant, right? You need to be discerning and keep asking questions. And you can tell, you can look at her face, nonverbal communication, whether or not she's falling for a new dude. And there's not much you can really do about it too. There's not much you can do about it. You know, there's, an, there's, there's, there's a certain strand of belief with infidelity that if somebody cheats, uh, it's the, the other spouse's fault for not stepping up and being a better person, better husband. So for example, I knew a woman who had an affair and the husband wasn't mad. The husband was like, you wouldn't have an affair had I been a better husband or been more masculine. I'm like, wow, that is a very progressive look, <laughs> way to look at infidelity. But uh, so what can you really do about it? You know, there's not much you can, you can confront her on. It's like, look, I know you're, you're having an emotional affair. You know, what is that going to do? She's just going to deny it. Right? She's just going to deny it. And then you can pull the whole, this is out loud. You can't do this. Stop talking to him. You know, and like children, a lot of people are just going to do the opposite of what you tell them to do. So, yeah, just, just understand that if you're the husband or if you're the wife and you think your husband might be talking to somebody at work. The other thing, the other reason to know law of propinquity is if you are a, a chatter Tyrone, you know, which of course I don't recommend. You should not be seducing people in general, but certainly married people that are sacramentally married, especially I would always exhort you to always be chaste and virtuous and not fornicate. But the Chads and Tyrones can use this to advantage, you know, in the law of propinquity is not like some revelatory thing. I mean, it's common sense, right? It's common sense. The more you talk to somebody, the more you're going to get to know each other, the more you're going to fall for each other if there's sexual attraction there. So the Chads and Tyrones, of course, if there's a woman that you like, right, start start joining the group that she's in the church group or the, the workout group and just start talking and talking and more you talk, you know, exchange the phone number. If you can, you can tell if she's into you by nonverbal cues. She plays with her hair. She giggles. She tries to find reasons to touch you, all these things. And you use it to your advantage to seduce somebody, which of course I don't recommend, but that's essentially the law of propinquity in terms of intersexual dynamics guys. So just be aware of it and 
mate guard or use it to your advantage depending on, on, on your perspective. Guys, if you appreciate my content at all, please post a review. Oh, I do have a review. Hold on. Let me find my telefono, as we would say in my native tongue of Espanol. If you don't know my family, my parents are born in Mexico, though I was born here. I have a new review. I always tell you that I read reviews. All right, here we go. And the name of it is Light in the... I think this is dark. It's cut off on my phone. Been married for 10 years. Thought I was doing everything right. I work hard and make sound financial decisions to give her everything she wanted. She has everything she ever wanted, yet our relationship is still miserable and I have lost everything I enjoy. Now I learn something new every day to start reclaiming my life. Thank you and keep at it. You are helping men of all stripes. Yeah, so this is a guy behind enemy lines. He's been married for 10 years and it looks like they're still married. And he has nice guy syndrome. I did everything for her. I worked hard. Now, it'd be interesting to see her point of view on this. But whether or not she thinks so, you know, the solipsism probably blocks her from thinking that. But maybe, maybe he hasn't done everything, you know, to be objective here. I work hard, make signed financial decisions. So again, a typical man doesn't have a lot of debt. He works, you work, she spends. He's the human ATM machine. Yet everything she's ever wanted, yeah, well, you know, you can't negotiate sexual attraction. And I mean, look, we have Hollywood examples of this where women were given everything they wanted and yet they're still unhappy and they leave. And I have lost everything I enjoy. I don't know what that means. So did you guys, did, did she divorce you? Now I learn something new every day to start reclaiming my life. So I can't tell if he's divorced because he said been married. He didn't say was married. Either way, thank you for the uh, the the review. I appreciate that. And yeah, I mean, this is very common. And unfortunately, this is very common from the beta provider types who were 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 dicknapped, so to speak, by the woman and had no knowledge of hypergamy and Brafo's law and all these things. And they pedestalized their, their wife and want to do everything to please her. And they probably were failing tons of shit tests and, and so forth. And then she leaves or she disrespects him and all this. And this is common in the beta provider kind of world, but it's certainly common in a lot of marriages and the men get disillusioned. But if you talk to the woman, she's probably disillusioned. That's why she's raging or withholding sex. And that's the solipsism, how she sees things from her perspective. And it's just unfortunate that a lot of marriages are like that. So I, I feel for you, brother. And I would just tell you, you know, if you're behind enemy lines, I know it's tough, man. I was there. You know, what are you going to do? You're going to run out the clock? Or are you going to initiate divorce and break up the family and lose the money and, and break up your kids? I mean, this is why most men don't initiate divorce because they don't want to they don't want to lose their kids or break up the kids or they don't want to lose the house or whatever. So I don't know. Well, what are you going to do? Run out the clock and just wait till she does it or just run out the clock with her and just be miserable for the next 25 years. It's tough. It's tough. And I'll say a prayer for you, brother, but, but thank you for posting the review. So guys, please post an honest review. And as well, uh, there's two links, one for PayPal. If you want to make a donation up to fray the cost of hosting this on a server, because I don't make any money from doing this, please donate whatever you can. $5 is fine. Also, there's a link for Naturopathic Earth, the website. So go click on that and check out all the articles there and all the recipes and every podcast I've ever done is over there. And lastly, please subscribe and post an honest review for the Female Holistic Health Apothecary, Confessions of an Obese Child, and The Awakened Man. You can find all three of those on your podcast app. Until next time, take care. God bless. Thank you for listening to The Awakened Man Podcast. 
Find us on Facebook at the Awakened Man podcast page. Subscribe and post an honest review on Apple Podcasts and consider donating to our crowdfunding account. And remember, freedom is better than needle. Until next time.